Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Happy Friday. It's great to have you along. We are the oil and vinegar of sports talk. He's Marty. I'm Brian. And we are ready to dive into game four of the Calder Cup final. No, okay, that not. might not be entirely true. That that <laughs> might be a nugget at the end of the show if you really care. But there are, you know, I think at any level, Marty, <laughs> every game that's played somehow, some way has an impact somewhere, right? Like some young defenseman might be surging so well right now in the Calder Cup final that he's going to displace a veteran next fall. That's going to make a veteran on the move. And it's going to add another layer to the defenseman marketplace of which we seemingly, even though we haven't even hit free agency yet, have uh, dove headlong into here in Buffalo. Yeah, especially if it's somebody on the Coachella Valley uh, team that then takes a spot from a Seattle Kraken player and then Will Borgen becomes available. (laughs) That's where you're thinking, Duffer. So you're like, hey. I honestly was. <laughs> well, that's where I went right away because I'm trying to think like you would think. What would Brian Duff think? Yes. And that's the way I was uh, looking at this. But uh, no, you're right. Look, there's there's barely any hockey left to be played this year with only the AHL going. Uh, juniors are done. College is done. Everything is done. Um, so um, there is some stories that will emerge from the Calder Cup playoffs, finals, Mm-hmm. Um, that are being played right now. But I think we're at this moment, we can now kind of set the ground or set the, the framework for what defensemen may be available through trades uh, in a couple of weeks from now when we're at the draft. And that is uh, going to be interesting to see what movement happen uh, between now and then and what type of phone calls, what type of rumors we're seeing out there. So, um, yeah, I'm already... Uh, you know, got the red book out and putting some names in there and looking at numbers. What did the Sabres need? What fits the, the their top four? What fits Owen Power? What mm-hmm. fits their need? Um, so that's uh, that's fun to do. Yeah, I think if you ask it that way, present it that way, um, if you're hopping on Twitter and, and, and want to connect with us at Sabres Live, I think it, it's even though we are hearing more and ourselves um, pushing more names out into the marketplace just to talk about I think it's fair to ask the question, what type of player specifically? It doesn't have to be the name. I mean, I think we could then funnel it towards certain names based on, you know, any number of measures of these players. But I I guess we're, we're kind of canvassing to see if it's universal as far as the type of player 
Buffalo fans really want to see as that person who presumably partners for the bulk of the time at even strength with Owen Power moving forward. You just said the magic two words, and it is not a one-word uh Tuesday. It is a uh, we are Friday. So I just got to remember because last week I totally blew it at the end of Friday's show. Um, and Shana Goldman will be with us. So that's why I know it's Friday uh, at 1230. But you said the magic words, even strength. Mm-hmm. That to me has to be somebody that will play a ton of even strength minutes and give you a ton of great uh, um I don't want to call it on ice performance, but numbers and all of it at even strength. I know Rasmus Dahlin is set for a power play one. I know Owen Power is set for a power play two. I know a Matthias Samuelson and potentially even an Ilya Labushkin are set for some penalty killing duty, but Dahlin and Power will be rolled into you know penalty killing duty as well. So the the defenseman that you target in the top four to me has to be somebody. That will eat up a lot of five-on-five minutes to help Power not playing 27-28 and Dowling not playing 27-28. If they have to be on the power play a lot, then you can limit the minutes and you can keep them uh, much more fresh to keep going, you know, for 82 games. So even strength minutes is is a, a premium for me as when I look at defensemen. Well, I mean... Just when you say that, we need to remind ourselves of just how many minutes at even strength Owen played. Like, it wasn't just a among freshman class players. Like, he was right there with the highest in the league last year. He was top 10 all year long in even strength time on ice. It was crazy. So... we used to talk about it like just have the 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 graphics every game night like even strength time on ice for the six defensemen then we'd show the top two or the top three and it was like owen power was leading the the game uh not just the sabers the game in even strength time on ice that's what it was so if we're gonna push this a little further because um you know hockey insider pierre lebrun was talking last night on tsn you know about brett pesci the fact that the Hurricanes are in a situation where they don't want to start the year without having him under wraps. He's got one year left. Um, so if they can't get a deal done, then there's a very good likelihood that they'll entertain a trade offer. So if you're looking at what is commonly referred to as one of the top groups of six on the blue line in the NHL, Pesci slides. The, this is the beauty of the Hurricanes. There's not a lot of drop off between one through four. It's it, you know it's basically any given night. But Slavin plays yeah. 19 minutes at even strength time on ice. Brady Shea's at 18 and a half, and Brett Pesci's at 18 and a half. And Brent Burns is right behind, despite the fact he's 96 years old, plays 1807, and still sees more minutes on the power play than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. You know he plays three minutes a game. Uh, on the power play but so I guess if you look at at Pesci it's more okay well where's the totality of his ice time so obviously it's even strength does he play a little bit of power play yeah averages about a minute per game on the power play that that's I think that kind of correlates well with his decent offensive numbers you know like you don't think of Brett Pesci as a massive point producer but he's certainly capable um 
And then with shorthanded time on ice per game, Pesci is a little closer to the top within the group. It's 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 typically led by Slavin and Pesci, both, uh, you know, just plus minus a, a little bit on the two and a half minutes per game. So if I'm identifying a player that, you know, would be a good fit, and then you can dive into its size, right or left-handed shot, physicality, other attributes, I think just from a sheer timing standpoint and age, Pesci kind of fits the mold perfectly here, no? He fits the mold perfectly. And the reason why I started going down that rabbit hole this morning of five on five and the numbers and mm-hmm. high danger chances is because I want the Sabres to become a better defensive team, help out their goaltenders. And also because of the way that the Sabres are set on D with Darlene and power and Samuelson and looking for that extra piece. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does the minutes get passed around? Right? Like, the power play ends. Who do I want on the ice? I want that guy. I want that guy that we're bringing right now to step on the ice, right? To be like, hey, we're not going to have a drop off after the power play ends when Dallin's played a minute, 20 seconds on the power play and Powers played 40 seconds. And then you want somebody else to jump on the ice. We are not going to have a drop off. So you're right. Pessy in 82 games this year, ended up playing most minutes at five on five on the Carolina Hurricanes, but there was very little drop off between Brady Shea, Brett Byrne, Jacob Slave, and Brett Pesci. It was somewhere around the same thing. His expected goals percentage at five on five was, uh, I got it right here, and I'm sorry, I got to bring it up. It was uh, 54%, actually 57%. It's better, right? So, You look at the chances that he was able to create, not just himself, but when on the ice, he was able to create compared to the chances that was created against him at five on five. I mean, when you're in the 60% range, you're top of the league. That's as simple as that. If you play and he played 1,400 minutes at five on five last year and you're at close to 60%, that's elite, right? He only was on the ice for 24 High danger goals against in 82 games. 24 high danger now, goals keep, against. Keep in mind that is a team-wide philosophy as one of the best defensive teams in the league, right? That's well, what You're bringing in a guy and you're like, look, we want you to play five on five. We mm-hmm. want you to be uh, an elite defender. We want you to round up our top four. But also, hey, like, how did you guys work that out in Carolina? How were you guys so defensively responsible and right. played that pace of play. They had a high pace of play. How did you guys all work that out? You can have that conversation with them. But you know this because you've lived the experience of joining teams and having players join your teams from a different system. And I know system is an overused and somewhat tired word because it often doesn't come with an explanation. But is it fair to assume that Pesci can come out of the structure that he has played in and have the same type of impact in a group that clearly doesn't play the same way based on shots against quality of shots against goals against average safe percentage as what existed in Carolina is, you know, and, and this to me, this is, this is the July 1st conundrum every year, right? Yes. He's available. How does it fit? Oh, it looks it's always like that same great. thing. Like you, yeah. you know what? You're 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 buying a new bedroom set, right? You're walking into a furniture store and you're looking at magazines and you're like, man, that looks really, really good. 
but then you bring it into your your room and you're like uh, like is it going to look as spectacular as it did yeah. on the picture now, now you need to change the walls yeah change exactly. the carpeting and change the lighting well, maybe you so, have all so, of that, so but you, you're not sure you? if it's going to work, right? right? Exactly. And I think the Sabres have all that. They got new curtains. They got new wallpaper. And the carpet looks fantastic. They Don't just need... the wall accent. Yes, yes. The you right need, wall accent. You need the accent. wall accent. You yes, need the wall is, accent. And if you're using it as an office, a home office, yeah. then it's a complete different thing. Brownie but, has taught us that, if nothing else. So Yes. So, but, okay. So, when I talk to you about... High danger goes against, when I say Brett Pesci, right? 24 and 82 games. Yeah. And then I try to put that league-wide. All defensemen mm -hmm. that have played over 1,000 minutes this year of five-on-five -five play. Where does Brett Pesci rate at high danger goals against per 60? Because you got to do the rates here. You can't just say, hey, you know what? 24 and the other guy is 22 or whatever. Because you got to do per minutes on the ice. I'm and Brett Pesci, 50 oh, second. Huh? I'll say 50 second is where he ranks. No. Oh, no. He's 17th. Oh, there you go. In defenseman. He's 17th. At Three less times than better one, than less than one high danger goals against when on the ice per 60 minutes of ice time. So let's see, he plays 20 minutes a game. And that's 20 minutes. Let's see, he plays 15 minutes of five on five a game. Mm-hmm. Every four games, he's on the ice for one high danger goals against. It was is isn't it what the Sabers need? Like in that sense, like how many times this year? But again, how saying, transferable is it, Marty? That's what I'm begging to know. Well, you never know. You never you know, because the the, 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 the right approach here is that a player has an impact. Obviously, a player can mm -hmm. bring an impact, uh, but it all comes down to the buy-in, the system. And I think what I saw, and Kevin Adams and Don Granados talked about it in the last 15 games of the season, last 10 games of the season, is the adjustments, the way to win games a different way. I think there was a change and a buy-in mm -hmm. as how they needed to play with a better defensive uh, approach, right? To be able to keep T, like games close and and use and and this was without it. Tage Thompson, right? Tage Thompson wasn't a hundred percent. It was so you had to play a certain game. I think that works. Now, now that I brought up the list, all mm -hmm. of a sudden I'm very surprised, but not so surprised about a name on the list, which is a name that I want the Sabers to um, to kind of think about. And I think a lot of our fan base want to think about this guy. So number one in this. List high danger goals against per 60 minutes, right? Josh Mahura is number one in players in defensemen five on five that have played over a thousand minutes. Number not two when is, he's on the ice with Zach Dalpy. Not when he's on the ice and getting minus five in the last game with Zach Dalpy, but that's a one off. That's in the regular season, too. Uh, number two is Jared Spurgeon. Okay. But number three is a guy that I think a lot of Sabres fans are thinking about. Now I just added him to my list because of that. Red but book? he was already on there is Ratko Gudas. Like uh... I know that Ratko Gudas has the physicality that would probably fit in really good. Mm. Imagine you put power and Gudas together and you say, here's a young guy that can skate all over the ice and there's Gudas that's going to, Number one, not handle the puck. Just give it to power. Power will handle it and have that physicality. But but I'm surprised to know that, and I, maybe I shouldn't be, that Radko Gudis ranked third in the league in high danger goals against per 60. Like he just 
he's a big bulldozer in front of Nanette, and he's like, don't stand there. I will move you out of the way. Why is it incredibly interesting to you? Is it because of Gudis himself, or is it because the Panthers were not the lockdown presidents, not even, I can't even say that they were locked down president's <laughs> trophy winners the day before the year no, before. they weren't they were always down and they would roar back with three or four and then you know win the games that way but but because of who we think they are is that the more surprising component to this for you it is very surprising to me because i felt that florida was a team that gave up a lot of those chances and maybe they did maybe with montour on the ice and with that glad on the ice but they didn't with gooders on the ice or is this incredibly appropriate because it kind of draws back to the narrative of the Panthers all year long, which was the thing that they weren't getting adequate goaltending. Well, that's another so thing. So see, they weren't allowing, so it didn't matter whether it was Mahura on the ice or Gudis on the ice. They were pretty good at limiting the high danger chances, but they were still giving up goals. That's a bad, that's a, that, that's a bad look, Florida, on. Florida was definitely plagued with bad goaltending this year for a yeah. good part. And then when yeah. Alex Lyon came in, it was like, oh, well, you know what? We're getting a guy that's just making the average saves and mm -hmm. we're, we're able to win games. And, you know, they relied a lot on Kachuk and Bennett and, you know, Duclair came back. That was a big part of also their success late in the season, Anthony Duclair coming back. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought Radko Gouda's, Physical, okay, a bit reckless. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't thinking extremely good defending right around your net. I was thinking, well, you know, there's a lot of things that happen, but I'm not thinking of Gudas as this shutdown type defenseman. The mm -hmm. numbers like to think that around the net, which is an area the Sabres have to definitely get better. Yes. It's third best in the NHL at five on five. And when you look at the rates. Okay. You've just opened up a wonderful list uh, that I think people would want you to go further down that list. Um, you had you another Gu name? You said Gudis was at three? Yeah, Gudis was at okay. three. Okay, give us, keep going. Like, who, okay. who, well, who are I, you I, seeing that could still end up being available? So I was reading on a, a possible defenseman that would be on the market. And not that I would go and get this guy, but... I'm looking at, you know, his numbers and what he's making. Um, Matt Grizzlick with the Boston Bruins, right? right. Is number uh, six on that list. Mm -hmm. And he has a one year left at $3.7 million, give or take a few dollars on the minus side. And Boston needs to open up maybe some, some cap room for yes, Jeremy Swayman, Tyler Bertuzzi and others. Um, this could be one that Bertuzzi you don't have says to... he's going to hit the market though. Um, that doesn't mean he won't return to Boston, but. He, he may yeah. price himself out. Yeah. He may price himself, but they still need it for Swayman. They still need it for, they have seven forwards sign. And, That's two more than Colorado. Well, maybe, but Colorado's got a little bit more cap space, I think, up top. Like the Boston Bruins have five million on the cap, yeah. according to Cap Friendly. But but Matt Grizzlick is a guy that, when I saw his name in the in articles that are like defensemen that may be available, I'm thinking, eh. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Like, he can fit that mold of uh, protecting around the net. And maybe that's, again, the way Boston played, right? Boston yes. was a really good defensive team. They got great goaltending this season, but good defensive team. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'd like to see more of a Brett Pesci type player than oh. a Matt Grizzlick type player. So who but else? There's a, who else? Um, I go down to number 27 on the list at just slightly over one goal. High danger goals against per 60 is Matt Dumba. And all of a sudden now we talk UFA Matt Dumba, right? Yeah, and yeah. and that's a different market. That's a different market. But a Matt Dumba type, which we've talked a lot, plays a ton of five on five minutes, brings in, you know, some stability, some experience. I really feel like a Matt Dumba could also be a, a player that will fit that mold with the um uh, could fit the mold with the Buffalo Sabres. So if you convinced and I have no reason to know one way or the other. If you could convince Matt Dumba to take a two-year deal. Yes. How much higher would his AAV on a two-year deal be than Gavrikov? Like a half a million. So you think you can get him for six and a half per? Six and a half per on, on a two-year deal? I mean, that's that. Is that okay, though? That would be okay with me. I, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this. I don't think the Sabres with I think Quinn and Paterka uh, and others like that will come in. If you're able to, again, I think it all depends on what other moves can you do. Can you free up some money like in a, maybe a, a potential Olofsson deal and well, put yourself and, in a good position? And you're, also what Powers deal is going to be, obviously. Yeah, Powers deal. But Powers deal is in a year from now. Right, but you're basically right? so, crafting it now. Yeah, so, you're crafting it now, but it won't affect you in year one. It will affect correct. you in year two, but it wouldn't yeah. affect you in year one. Mm -hmm. um, I, I could see that being a, a number. Now, let me just, as we speak, go to our good buddy James Finch from AFP Analytics and see what he had Matt Dumba at. Um, so he had Matt Dumba at three years at four and a half million. Like that's well, his projection. So maybe I'm way out. I'm like two millions over his projection. Well, th see, this is where it gets really interesting. I think that number three at, at what is it? Four and a half? Four and a half. I think that number was realistic 10 days ago. Now, uh, after Severson and, and Gavrikov specifically, I think that, I think there's going to be a natural boost there. Now, I'm, Matt Dumba is sitting been... at home, and he's he's playing the the roulette machine as Gavrikov and Severson sign, and then as others will too, right? Like yeah. there's going to be others that will sign. But I, I, you know, you have to factor everything in here: age, injury history, usage, all the rest of it. And and I do think that Gavrikov is technically on the rise more than Dumba is at this stage of his career. I think yes. that's fair. So I'm not surprised that James' projection there for Dumbo was lower. I just, I'm really fascinated. You know, I wasn't sure whether Matt could get basically what he's been making now at six in his next deal or whether it was going to be plus or minus a little bit. Well, let's, right. let's go through, though, because the, the original question, obviously, today was, yeah. was what type of player should the Sabres be looking to pair with Owen Power? And obviously, we've got Shana Goldman to add to this conversation and many more here as we continue along on Sabres Live. But I think, you know, people would prefer to use names as opposed to types of players. But I think the one common thing has been a, a stay at home. So you identify that with, with a Radko Gudis. Um, yeah. You want hits, you want blocks. I mean, that we're now living in the world of like, 
whatever you used to think or still think about block shots and hits, like it all came back to prominence and it's in vogue because of the Golden Knights. Copycat right. league, Duffer. It's a copycat league. So one team but, wins and it, everybody you, follows suit. When you suit. have three of the top four or three of the top five in the entire league when it comes to blocked shots, like you're not going to be able to duplicate that. You're not getting Martinez, Petrangelo, and McNabb. That's just, you know, that's just how Martinez they are. Martinez was on my list, right? When I go through natural stat trick yeah. and I pull down the list, 41st is Alec Martinez mm -hmm. um, at about one and a quarter eye danger goes against per 60. And I'm like, oh, um, that's a guy I would I would bring. I would welcome him. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got his contract. And, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights may want to. But I don't think Martinez is coming out east. I think no. that he's earned the right to probably either stay in Vegas or maybe go back to L.A. or find somewhere that's around there. Yeah. Now, Spilled Brewski offered up a right-handed Matias. Now, this is where it gets interesting for me. Like, I think, yes, everything we're talking about kind of steers that way. You're thinking more stay-at-home, defensive-oriented, whatever, whatever. But power is a giant. Yes. Gudis is not a giant. But is there an in-between there that would still work with power? More of like a fluid partner you know, um, one that can skate his way out of trouble, maybe isn't as fast, but because of his speed attributes can actually be a good pairing with power, like to really so, maximize his best. I have this guy's name um, right now that I think would work, right-handed shot. Mm -hmm. um, he's a bit pricey. He's He still has four years left at six and a half million. And I think that the St. Louis Blues oh, are going to go look there. to unload somebody. Well, of course they are. They're trying to get rid of everybody. And so for me, it would be Justin Falk, a guy that can oh. really skate. Okay. That's a right-handed shot. That's not small, but not huge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, like I'm looking Pareko. And I know earlier this year, I'm like, oh, I'd love a Colton Pareko. But then I'm like, okay, we got three big guys on defense, right? Mm -hmm. Dallin's big, Samuelson's big, Power's big, Labushkin can play big. Like, we don't need Pareko in his seven years left at six and a half. Uh, right. Tori Krug has four years left at six and a half, but Tori Krug's a smaller, you know, like. He might uh, be off, tougher, though. He's he's tough. He's a. I remember playing against him when he's his rookie year, and I hated him because mm -hmm. he's so. He's so arrogant and so pretty stuff. He backs it up. Um, and, and they have Nick Liddy with three years at $4 million. And I'm like, Hard no, pass. I pass. So Justin Falk, for me, is a guy that skates like the wind, has the right-hand shot that could play the right side, and could have that that element maybe to, to pair with Owen Power. That would be different. And St. Louis had a tough year this year, and I get that. So, mm -hmm. again, this is one of those where – well, the bedroom set looks okay in a in a magazine or on the floor, but in my room, it may look a lot better, and you have to know the difference in that. Falk is a fascinating player, truly. I think he was almost ahead of the curve when it came to his skating ability before everybody had that skating ability. You know what I mean? Like in and around the first couple of years when he was with the Hurricanes, um, back at the you know, 11, 12, 12, 13, but at that time, I, if my memory is serving correct, 
his scoring numbers didn't match his actual on-ice ability to produce and create. And then, you know, he got a little better, got a little better. And then before you know it, he gets moved to St. Louis. And then, of course, with that came massive expectations because of the dollars. But... He's matched those those expectation. He has like in the last offense wise last couple of years, I think. Yeah, like I mean, two years ago he's forty seven points and he's a plus forty one, and you can do whatever you want with the plus forty one, but you're going to find some good numbers in there. That's that's just just a fact. And then last year, even though it was a bad year, and again, do what you want with plus minus, but I would say this: the fact that he was only minus four, only on a horrific, terrible, terrible goaltended team uh and he had 50 points like i i would say do your research here so you know know what else Uh, about uh well he's from the program he's from the program that's another thing now before you know granado he's a little older he's 31 years old but he's from the program i'm looking at the guys that he played with on the program like jt miller jake mccabe Uh uh played with him john gibson was a goalie jack campbell was a goalie there as well uh, but he's from the program, which is something that Sabres have liked. They've liked the guys from the program. They've liked mm-hmm. that approach, that development approach. So you're looking at the skating, the skill development, and everything that you could bring in. Um, it's a bit of a different pull. But again, I'm looking at if I'm trading for somebody, how can I get – I don't want to say how do I win the trade, but how do I get the best value of the trade? Carolina yes. is looking to unload Brett Pesci because – he and has one year run. left and, and they have to. Okay, good. I'm coming in. I, I can see this for sale sign on a house. And maybe there's something, there's a reason why they're selling. I can come in a little under. Um, Justin Falk is the same way. Mm-hmm. Matt Grizzlick's the same way. Like, yep. And then you look at the UFA. Well, Radko Gudas and Matt Dumba, their UFA, that may be a premium depending on how many people are bidding on, on, on those players. Amazing. Shana Goldman's going to pick up the conversation and a lot more from her incredible mind from The Athletic. It's all next here on Sabres Live, WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more of Sabres Live. 
presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Bandits had their parade last night and big night at the ballpark and then at various locations around town after. It was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Vegas is going to do likewise this weekend with the Stanley Cup. Shana Goldman from The Athletic, how is that sinking in with you that the Vegas Golden Knights are, in fact, the Stanley Cup champions? I'm here for it. They earned it. I like how they approach this year with, you know, fewer splashy moves and, you know, they wrote out some of some of the hardships, I guess you could say, of Jack Eichel, you know, not carrying his own line at parts of the season and the Mark Stone injury. I know everyone's mad about the long-term IR, you know, situation, but it's like, sorry, your team isn't <laughs> cutting the loopholes as well. But I think it's great. I, I'm over the salty attitude of like, they haven't been a team long enough. Like, no, they did it. They had a great time doing it. They played a really exciting style of play. Good for them. Okay, because you bring the heat with your opinions, I asked Duffer this question yesterday because that is what I was thinking about when Vegas was celebrating. Why is there four goalies on the ice and 37 <laughs> players on the ice? Like, how do you feel about the extras dressing to celebrate the Stanley Cup? Why not, right? Oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm like... Come out in your suit. Like you didn't play, but okay, that's that's just me. <laughs> I think it would look weird if they were in suits. I'm okay with them. Like, I think at least wearing a jersey, being in like the whole pads and the nine yards is a lot. But you know what? Like, don't single them out. But they should definitely not be the ones to get the cup until everybody else did. That's why, like the Jonathan Quick one very early. I know some were like sparking discussion about, and I get it was Martinez giving it to him. Probably know he was a great leader in the room and things like that. But I was also like, Aren't there other players like maybe yeah. Jack Eichel first postseason crushing it first Stanley yeah. Cup getting it before Quick who has done this twice before? Yeah, and I was didn't puzzled. play a minute in uh, in, in so. the playoffs like not one <laughs> yeah. like not yeah. one. He's like me. I I got I got two gold medals, a Memorial Cup championship sitting right in my bookshelf. Just I played a, a total brag. of eight. Yeah, I, no listen, big deal. Shana, I played a total of eight seconds in those three events. I literally went in. After a TV timeout, first whistle, I came out. I got three championships, and I played a total of eight seconds. So, I, I would, I, you know what? I would have been waiting. I would have said, "No, I don't want it right now. Give it to somebody else. I'll do it at the end." So that's just me. But uh, I like. Then there's going to be hot takes about someone saying that, like, "Oh, they weren't grateful enough that they got the opportunity." You can't win. Dana, ask him how many playoff minutes he played as a member of the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, how yeah. many? Zero. Like Dominic Hasek was a net hog. He never let me go in. And Ryan Miller, the same thing. And Henrik Lundqvist, the same thing. Like I went like to conference finals and all of that. And I played a total of zero minutes, zero it's seconds. It's rude of them. It's rude. It's of them. really so rude. there for them the whole year on the ice, off the ice, whatever they needed. They should have looked and been like, hey, clock's ticking. Hop in. This is why you're a big fan of rotating goalies multiple times in a game. I get it now. Like, it makes sense because you should have been rotated in for a shift or two. Yes, please. Get me in and when we're on the power play. Like, yeah. I won't see a shot. Just get me in there for the experience. Oh, my gosh. Shana, what's the fallout of Vegas winning? Meaning they always make it interesting with their roster decisions. So, like, which big names and I'll say any name that played for them with any regularity in the playoffs is a big name. Which guys are they going to move off of? Yeah, how are they going? They? To, how are they going to surprise us this offseason? Who will they be trading for nothing? This year's right. 
you know, problem. If they've learned anything, it's that they have the good, you know, core that they don't need to overspend and they can find the reclamation projects and go for the low risk guys and things like that. But we all know Vegas doesn't learn from themselves. They just go big or go home. So it's going to be really interesting to see who they cut because they have big decisions next summer. Jonathan March shows up next summer. And while he's someone who should be taking a pay cut because he'll be 33 years old, um, or at least the same contract, someone's going to offer him a lot of money, rightfully so. And then you have Chandler Stevenson, who will be 30 years old up for a contract too. So they're going to approach a really tricky time because if you start handing out those big contracts at age 30, you're going to run into a problem eventually that the San Jose Sharks are experiencing right now. You can't be handing out big contracts at that point, even if the player wasn't, you know, paid, you have to find the next version of them. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how proactive they are or aren't with that. I understand the thinking of Marcia. So at his age, um, not getting a, a, a huge pay raise, maybe same contract, but he was making $5 million yeah. the last few years. And he scored 30 goals two years ago, 28 last year. And he was playoff MVP. Like I'm thinking, there's somebody that's going to say, hey, we're going to overpay, but we're going to get two really good years and maybe three average years, right? Yep. And he'll take him to 37, 38. But man, $5 million from our, like they hit on so many, I want to say bargain at time. And there's some contracts like Willem Carlson that looked bad at first, but came through. Um, can they resign Barbashev at all? Like, is that like, should that be number one? Like, okay, this or that, Aiden Hill or Barbashev, which one do you resign? Aiden Hill. Oh, okay. I So the thing with that is, and with March, so you're right, because someone will offer that money. I do wonder, though, if he says, this is the one team that gave me a shot, an opportunity. After the Florida Panthers gave me away for literally nothing, not for Riley Smith, for nothing, I, I'm going to you know return the favor and take a discount of mm-hmm. either the same salary or less. So I'm curious about that one. But with Barbashev versus Aiden Hill, you know, Vegas has been so splashy with what they've done and it's so funny that the and the goalie rotation through the years of what they've done the repercussions of bringing in Robin Leonard what they had to move out for his next contract could the, I thought going into the postseason they could get away with the Thompson Aiden Hill tandem for next year and then Aiden Hill obviously raised the bar of what he's going to be able to get on his next contract and rightfully so I could still see it not being this massive contract because there's only so much proven to his name that I think other teams might be worried about handing out a massive deal to a goaltender when it's a position we know the least about. So I think that they might be able to get him on a pretty reasonable deal as their 1A with Thompson backing up, and that would be fine. Barbashev feels like a player, but having said that, I was wrong about him being the player that would be overpaid for at the the deadline. I really did think that it was going to be more of a bidding war. I can see him being, you know, that utility forward that everybody thinks that they have to have as the one that gets overpaid for after his big postseason when you should be looking for, again, the next version of Ivan Barbashev. Like the Brett Howdens and Chandler Stevensons they found before, find that in Barbashev. Yeah, I believe Barbashev won't be a part of it. I'm still unsure about Hill. The uh, Marcia So will, in my opinion, take the exact same deal that Riley Smith took, and it'll probably go right down to the end, like into free agency next summer, where they just decide, okay, we'll give you three at five which is what Smith is on right now. And I don't think it'll hurt them in the long run. What's really interesting to me, though, is at 29 years of age and after being super productive unexpectedly for years now, will Chandler Stevenson ever truly get paid? He's on the last year of his $2.7 million deal. (laughs) Does he actually have a deal ahead of him that makes him four to five million a year? It should. 
certainly more than that based on his point production over the number of years. And then just to also tie in with Marcia, so maybe the benchmark gets set here for him if he doesn't end up staying in Vegas based on what Alex Kalorn gets as he goes to unrestricted free agency because the two are very comparable with long playoff runs, role players, and things of that nature. Um, and we saw what Andre Palat was able to get out of the Devils, you know, so how much will teams value that type of extended cup run experience, not to mention, in this case, a con Smythe. So it, 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 it stands to be pretty fascinating, you know, how Vegas ultimately ends up affecting the entire landscape. But what we've been diving in on here, Shana, today, and our audience definitely wants to pursue it, names like Brett Pesci out there. What other names <clears throat> and or what do you think of Pesci as a fit for, you know, that, that perfect partner for Owen Power, if you will? So this is going to be a really interesting one. I think what works in the Sabres' favor, and you could say this year they did it because of the players they had, right? They were one of the teams most willing to break apart, to not worry about handedness as much on their defensive pairs. Um, I think Arizona was the first, but again, roster change and who they had definitely played into it. But for Buffalo, the willingness to not stick to a lefty-righty pair, I think is going to buy them a ton of options because First of all, we know right-handed defensemen tend to be overpaid. It's just the way it is. In this league, that is one of the most valued positions you can have. Also, when you look at the free agent market and who's available, there are some more favorable lefties, I think, that might be interesting for that pairing. I could see someone like Scott Mayfield being brought in. He's someone that, you know, teams are going to value because he he's a hard worker, ton of effort, can play the, you know, heavy minutes, and is good in the postseason. I think on his own, he might get overrated, but I do yeah. know that he's really good with a puck mover and that's something Owen Power needs. I think that if you're going for the more defensive option to balance out the offensive option, which I don't think you need to do in today's game, but we do know that's like a priority sometimes. Uh, it could work in this case because they'll still be a productive pairing and you have that balance. The other name that intrigues me though is Carson Soucy, who is yeah. left-handed. So you have to figure out if one or both <laughs> of them are comfortable playing on the right just to have that versatility. Uh, but Again, we've seen that willingness before from Buffalo, so I'm not too worried there. You have someone who's really good at, you know, like puck retrievals and zone exits and really good in his own zone. But I think that he's a little bit more proactive of a defensive defenseman versus Mayfield, a little less traditional of that hard, heavy shot blocking, hitting style. So Susie's the player I would favor if I were Buffalo, and I, he's someone I would definitely pursue. Okay, so um, those two players that you talk about. So this morning I pulled up. Um, just natural stat trick, high danger chance, uh, goals against per 60. Because I want somebody that can defend in front of their goaltender, which the Sabres had a tough time too. Carson Soucy's 34th on that list. Mayfield's 37th at just over 1.1 goals against, high danger goals against per 60, which is some of the best numbers in the league, right? Like when the, the you know, Raiko Gudas is third, like that's the name that came up. I was a little surprised with it. So, but should we, and Duffer asked me the question, like, should we look at those numbers because the Islanders obviously played a good defensive game. The Seattle Kraken played a good defensive game. The Carolina Hurricanes and played good defensively. Like, does that transfer to a team like the Sabres moving forward? Yeah, it's tough because it's a totally different environment, totally different structure, totally different goaltending picture for the most part when you're talking about Mayfield with the Islanders and Pesci with the Hurricanes because they've had at least above average goaltending. I think when you look at Susie, it's a little bit different because yeah. some of the goaltending in Seattle has definitely been sketchy. And that's a team yeah. too that they're very good defensively, but when that high danger chance goes against, when that rush shot gets through the defense, you don't know if you're getting the save. So I think maybe that pressure might 
transfer a little bit. The Islanders are interesting, though, because this past year, as much as we know them for their defensive structure, they weren't as good defensively. You know, they did have a little bit more of a commitment to offense, which made sense with the coaching change. That was the whole idea. But they had a little less structure, but they had the best goalie in the league. So it's it's a really tough one because you're talking about someone you need to know will transfer to a different environment. And you really don't know that's the case. Someone like Radko Gudis, I'd say, is someone that would give you a little more certainty because we know he's played through some defensive chaos in Philadelphia. And with the Panthers, he is excellent in his own zone. He really is such a good defenseman. And sometimes we forget about that because we think of the borderline play and the edge that he breaks. But he's... When he's playing a structured game and when he's keeping his discipline, which he's been a lot better with in recent years, he's mm-hmm. very effective with his physicality to make the defensive play. So that's something that I'm sure a lot of teams are going to pay for. It's amazing. There's just, we're just at the front end of it now, you know, like, I mean, like the cup final has ended and free agency is going to be upon us immediately after the draft. And, uh, uh, to say that people are engaged in this conversation right now, Shana, in our marketplace would be an understatement. We're we getting a lot out. of uh, response in full capital letters. So <laughs> yes. they're, they're yelling at us through social media, Shana. Yes. They're yelling at us. Everyone yeah. takes about defensemen. It's like the the position that I feel like gets talked about the most. Like, right, with forwards, yeah. it's like, can they score? Are they get defensively? Like, that's one conversation. But, like, defense is something everyone gets so much more tense about. And then you bring in the fact that it's, like, a right-handed defenseman because we know how coveted they are. Everything, yeah. like, the level, right, you know, rises so much higher. Well, it's a great topic. We'll continue it next week. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, Shana. Thanks for having me. All right, we're back after this to wrap up Sabres Live. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Jesper Bratt. Yes. What do you make of his deal with the Devils now that it's done? <laughs> he did make a deal with the Devil. Uh, $63 million. Obviously, it's a... Look, Jesper Bratt's a great player, but I feel like the Devils are putting themselves in a position now to squeeze them, you know, themselves in a tight tight spot for the next few years they still have to look at timo meyer um they may be looking at a goaltender so yeah there's uh they're squeezing themselves a little bit but that's what good teams do when they they have success guys want more money do you think do you think this squeezes them out of the goalie market i i was listening to chico rash talk on nhl radio this morning he's like no vitek vanacek and akira smith they're fine like they're gonna be good you know that you know the devil's with, Akira, with Vitek Vanacek, he won 15 games, one goal game. He won 15 one-goal game in three that they scored an empty net goal. 18 mm-hmm. one-goal games. So he was great this year. And I'm like, he probably would have won by two if it wasn't Vanacek having some struggle in those games. But anyway, it's just, I don't love their goaltending, but I think they're pricing themselves out of the market. I love the Bandits goaltending. And I am here to tell you that I had a really good conversation with Matt Vince last night. And it may well lead down a path featuring you and him in an unexpected way. I'll leave it at that, and we'll see you next week.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.